This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. First up, a look at the recent round of names who have been dropped from the running for GE15 and the significance of it all. Yeah, let's start with some uh, the most recent headlines. Yesterday, Barisan National dropped a few AMNO leaders uh, who are part of Dato Sri Ismail Sabri Yaakob's administration from its election lineup. Among those who were dropped uh, from the candidates include uh, Dato Sri Shaidan Kasim, Atansri Anwar Musa, Dato Sri Adnan Baba, and also Dato Halima Muhammad Siddiqui. So, this isn't sort of coming out of nowhere because uh, Shahidan, for instance, had hinted on Facebook that he might have been excluded. Uh, Anwar Musa, meanwhile, confirmed earlier yesterday that he hadn't been invited to attend the announcement. Uh, now, on the other hand, um, on the other side, uh, PKR also dropped several MPs uh, who were associated with former Deputy President Azmin Ali. Um, this includes uh, people like Maria Chin Abdullah, uh, R. Sivarasa, Jun Liao, Tan Yi Kyu, uh, Chan Ming Kai. Um, and so we we are seeing, I think, some uh, incumbents, some big names not in the running with the election that's coming up. But the other thing that's happened, or rather there was speculation about happening but ultimately didn't pan out, was uh, MIC and uh, what their role would be within BN and the elections. Yeah, there's also, I think, uh, uh, some trouble, as it were, in the MCA camp also. Uh, big names dropped. Some of them because uh, they didn't want to participate, but others that have rankled the, the party faithful. And so there's some push and pushback on that. You see this happening in Sabah. In fact, I think every time an election runs uh, comes around and there's a jostling for seats, you will see this, uh, you know, part. the question is, with all of them... And you know, you kind of intimated that some of them had to do with the internal politics of the party, you know, loyalties and alignments and consolidations by the leaders. So, yeah, uh, this is all very interesting. It's the drama of elections, I guess, Ashamala, th- uh, that we are witnessing right now. Do you enjoy this drama, Sharad? Not well. I mean, some of it, yes, because uh, sometimes you think, oh, you know, so and so deserve their comeuppance, and this is it, and you know, you, there's a kind of uh, Schadenfreude, you know, this kind of <laughs> reveling in somebody else's misery, kind of um, a pleasure. But but no, I, I I'm, I'm unlike a lot of people who are really into party politics and watch. The, the minutiae of these, you know, chess uh, games. Uh, no, I don't really enjoy it. Yeah, for me, I, I often find that my frustration stems not so much from, yes, there is politicking within parties. Of course, they are going to try and consolidate power in some way. But it frustrates me when they remove candidates or they drop candidates who have actually been performing or candidates who have been good with their constituencies, because then it, it displays yet again that, that split between... Um, the MP and them serving their voters versus the MP as a larger part of a party machinery. And I think sometimes I don't necessarily like having to be reminded that often it's less about what they can do for us and more about their place within the party. Indeed. And we'll see that, I think, with uh, the discussion around Twitter, uh, there are all these 
twisted ways in which uh, the story of Sungai Bulo, the candidates that respective uh, coalitions are putting up, are uh, uh, kind of interpreted as... So the move on Amno's part is like they're sending KJ to basically end his career, um, or alternatively, uh, PKR has put somebody there, uh, though that's it's not settled, they put somebody there who will make it easy for KJ to win. So depending on where you stand in terms of the conspiracies of the day, uh, the interpretations vary. So we are talking about names that have been dropped from the uh, various coalitions as we move towards GE15. Uh, and we'd like to hear from you. Were you surprised by any of the people who haven't made it to the lineup? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp or send us a voice note 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be discussing this further with Badrul Hisham Ismail, who is Director of Programs at Iman Research. So keep it here on the Evening Edition BFM 89.9. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM 89.9. It's 5.14. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. And we're talking about the uh, potential candidates lineup for GE15 and people who didn't make it there. So we are asking you, were you surprised by any of the names who have been dropped? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, WhatsApp or voice note zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us on the line, Badrul Hisham Ismail, who is director of programs at Iman Research. Badrul, good to have you with us. Hi, good evening, good, uh, Thanks for having me. So let's start with BN and their latest updates, right? They've dropped several AMNO leaders, including Datuk Sri Shahidan Kasim, Tan Sri Anwar Musa. Does this represent a consolidation of Datuk Sri Ahmad Zaid Hamidi's faction within AMNO? Well, uh, the short answer would be yes. Um, as the president of the party, Zaid Hamidi has uh, all the power to uh, to sign the Suratwatika, is what they call it. Uh, to determine who can run where. Um, so it's obvious that he will definitely use the power that he has to maintain his position. And in fact, this is not something that, you know, that's surprising. But normally, um, it also happens during party election. So you one level, you consolidate during the party election, and then uh, people who remain, or people who hold position, then carry on as candidates in the election, in the general election. But uh, since they have push their own party election after GE. So GE is the time where they do the first round of uh, consolidation rather than during the party election. Uh, there's also news that uh, the, some of the candidates have been dropped, like Shahid and Kasim, a plan to actually stand, uh, perhaps with the backing of alternative parties. Uh, I think with Shahid and Basatu and Paz have been mentioned. Uh, or you have a response from the ground, like Adnan uh, Baba's loyalists, uh, appealing to the leadership to change its decision. I mean, what message does this send to Ismail Sabri and his loyalists, and how do you think they might respond? Well, the moment Ismail Sabri dissolved or pushed to dissolve the parliament, he already lost to Zayamidi. That was the, basically the first round of the fight between the two. Uh, because, um, you know, once he dissolved the parliament, he doesn't hold the power uh, that he has within the party, it's like Zayamidi does. So, uh, you know, it's not a surprise that, uh, you know, uh, again, Zayamidi are doing this because, uh, you know, he already he was able to even to push Masabri to dissolve the parliament, and in terms of what his loyalists can do, uh, his loyalists um, there's nothing much they can do within the party uh, because it, you know the way the the structure 
And again, the sole power of deciding on who gets to run where lies solely in the, in the president party. Uh, so that's why you see people who have been long time uh, UMNO members trying to look at other ways of sort of protesting and not just protesting to fight for its myself, but also to, to defend themselves. And, you know, they are also the ones who have a lot to lose by not being able to run. Uh, so they're looking at new coalitions or new partners, new allies. And uh, if it means they have to run in a different ticket, then they might. And I guess some already have, uh, have already decided on that. If we look at the MIC, um, so initially there was a protest from them over seat allocations. They said they were unhappy. Uh, now they are, they've confirmed that they are contesting and they're not going to sit out G15. What does all this reveal about the weight MIC carries within BN? Well, unfortunately, they don't really have a strong uh, bargaining power uh, within BN. Uh, they have been the weaker party for uh, many terms. And, um, but not having even one seat was probably a bit too much for them. So they needed to do something for their own existence. Uh, So, you know, the the initial protest of when they didn't even attend the the announcement session uh, last night. Um, But a small gesture was enough. Uh, A small gesture from, uh, you know, uh, Amno was enough uh, for them to, because they they realized that, you know, where else uh, are they supposed to go? Um, so that's why now they have, you know, sort of U-turn their decision and join the the, the, the election. So uh, I understand from the seed allocations for MIC, they they've gotten perhaps uh, pretty much what they wanted in terms of numbers, but where the those seats are is also an issue, isn't it? Some seats are harder to win than others. Some people, observers, have noted that uh, Zaid is has attempted to put his loyalists in, into winnable seats at the expense of the MIC, uh, or in fact, even the MCA? Well, clearly Zahid has his own priorities. Uh, his priorities is to make sure that his position is um, secured. Um, and I think from his perspective, uh, the other uh, smaller component parties are just collateral damage if, if it has to come to that. Um, something that he is willing to uh, to sacrifice um, because it doesn't, you know, carry any added value. And I would say the, this this small gesture is more uh, about the backlash that they uh, sort of had to face after the announcement last night. And it's just managing that rather than uh, changing the priority and changing the strategy. So there is a lot of confusion currently over the Batu seat with both MIC and MCA claiming it. Um, are these tensions inherent when it comes to managing coalitions or did Zaid Hamidi drop the ball on this? Well, managing coalition is um, not easy, I would suppose. Uh, but what is different from this election compared to the previous ones is that normally in GE, you have all the state elections running at the same time, meaning more seats to allocate within party members. And this is not the case this time. There are very, very limited seats. Um, so, you know, uh, naturally there will be people who uh, are not going to be able to contest. And, you know, just managing this grievances, you know, you have this mixed stuff between, you know, who should run where, you know, those kind of stuff. And probably this is one of the things that they uh, didn't, you know, manage it well before the announcement uh, and now having both MICMCA wanting to, to run there.
So now we see, uh, we look at the other uh, side of the aisle, as it were, to the Pakatan Harapan election lineup. We've been talking, I think, the last couple of weeks about um, Charles Santiago, uh, Maria Chino, and Sivarasa, I think, now uh, clearly dropped from the lineup. Uh, Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim said that they must make way for a transition of power. And this is, his, as it were, his reasoning for these moves. The party can't retain the same people. Now, uh, what do you mean? make of the strategy? Well, the reality is it's the same with um, the end decision is to consolidate power, is to close the ranks within uh, party members. Uh, because if it is about transitioning, the heads of the parties are not you know, giving way to you know, younger people. They're still there. Uh, so I guess the, the reasoning is really uh, you know, something that we should take a pinch of salt. Um, and, you know, uh, for case of PKR, for example, what I see is basically a cleaning up process. People who were dropped uh, are people who were previously um, associated to Azmin Ali uh, or Azmin Iskand when he was in the in the party. Uh, so they were either dropped or they were sent to fight their own uh, sort of you know previous mentor. Uh, so it's a clear cleaning up process the way I see it. Um, and I'm sure you know DAP has the same kind of um, idea of. Um, you know, power consolidation. I think Dr. Kwa has written something recently about that as well, how that has always been uh, the uh, culture of the party. Uh, And this is just another extension of that. But will doing away with these more prominent figures in the party affect uh, the support from PH followers? I guess in a way they do have to prioritize their own members first. Um, and if this are going to secure support from their members, uh, then only they will, they, they, they can start thinking about, um, you know, uh, the public because in the end, if they don't get uh, member support, then who's going to help them in during the campaign period? So I think, you know, in terms of priority, I think, you know, part, the party leaders do prioritize members of their own party rather than the public. And that seems to be ironic since, you know, often the appeal is that they are doing this for the voter and that voter interest is paramount, right? But you're saying maybe the reality is that actually uh, party internal dynamics trump everything else, including national interest. Now, okay, so we see this other strategy, which is not to drop somebody from uh, from the candidate list, but actually put them in a seat that's very difficult. So we look at Kairi Jamaluddin from AMNO. uh, he's now been announced as the candidate for Sungai Bulo. Um, and it's, it's, it's an interesting one because it's also led to people questioning the Pakatan Harapan choice in the same spot. As it's suggesting, as it were, Pakatan has sent in a very weak candidate, a candidate uh, who doesn't have much grassroots support against this kind of giant in, uh, from Amno. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, you know, Amno decided to send there because they knew who he's going to fight. Um, and sort of, uh, they're just responding to uh, Pakatan who made the first move, not knowing how uh, the end would sort of react to it. Um, and although we do know throughout um, this time that, you know, uh, Jamalin doesn't have a seat yet, and um, Mama Hassan never wanted that uh, Rumba parliamentary seat. Um, and it's really just to give way for uh, Mama Hassan to make sure that he will be an MP, you know, sort of a safe speak for him, a safe seat for him. Um, but in terms of um, Pakatan strategy, nothing is set in stone until the nomination date. 
you know, you know, we still have a few more days for things to change. Even the nomination day itself can can be a surprise. So I would say, you know, uh, there's still uh, time for surprises, I guess. We do have a question or a comment rather from a listener, Mark, who's saying, interesting that all four Oxbridge candidates have either been dropped or sidelined. Tony, Kianming, Siva and KJ. Is there a minimum educational requirement for parliament? I mean, the second... The, <laughs> and is, the, it, is it dropping more, I know. more importantly? <laughs> the, of course, uh, that's a little bit of a snark there. But I was curious about whether uh, what is going on here with um, this, this sort of commonality. I I never really thought about that kind of uh, uh, common uh, indicator, if one can say it. But at least of the case of Tony Kwa and Ong Kiam Meng, um, we already knew, or at least there were already words saying that they're not going to contest before uh, the announcement of this election. Uh, and uh, even if you look at uh, VAP's uh, internal party election, they have significantly lost love support within the party members, so it's not a surprise that they are not running. Um, but just to play along, play along with the idea of Oxbridge education and all that, uh, in the end, if you want to look outside of, um, you know, urban demographic, those things are not really important. You know, what's important is the presence of uh, the person, how are they going to be able to relate to local communities and whether they go to school or whether they go to school or not is not really um the most significant factor. Though is, if I could just sort of follow up with that, there's an interesting question of who can govern well. So you might, you know, mm-hmm. need somebody who's like, um, uh, you know, a, a kind of street fighter in order to win an election. But that street fighter might be terrible at dealing with modern economics uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, public policy. I mean, how, how do we solve this problem? I guess this is the sort of the dilemma of politicians, especially in sort of the Malaysian style of politicians. Are we actually electing people who are going to champion the country outside on the international level to deal with bigger countries? Or are we just looking for local champions to fight for local community? And I think this has, you know, a lot to do with the fact that we don't have that multi-layer or multi-level of politicians that we can choose for specific uh, levels. Uh, we only have state and uh, federal election. We don't have local election, for example. Uh, so the absence of this actually has, in my opinion, has significant uh, impact on how we view politicians and what kind of people that we want to uh, represent us on what level. And the fact that we don't have enough of that, you know, differentiation of level of uh, governance, we can just look at, we can just choose one. Uh, And that's what happened. Badrul, thanks for speaking with us today. No worries. Thank you for inviting That was Badrul Hisham Ismail, Director of Programs at Iman Research. And uh, we've been asking you, were you surprised by any of the names that have been dropped from the upcoming G15? You can call 77332900, WhatsApp or send us a voice note 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.